Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome in to Loretta McNary Live, the radio show. And as you know, today is Tuesday, which means today is Tuesdays with Michael Farmer, our spiritual personal coach. Yay! I look forward to Tuesdays. I love all my other radio show days, too. I really, really do. But it's just something about knowing that I'm going to get to talk about um, faith and any other subject that relates to our spiritual growth and um, how to improve that spiritual muscle to make us better people and um, to enjoy the life that we have. And last week was so epic and explosive. I'm just going to go ahead and bring Michael on because we can kind of talk about last week and then we have a great topic that we want to move forward to today. But um, just thank you all so much for listening live and then when you listen through the archives. And thank you so much for sharing with your friends and family about um, Loretta McNary Presents Tuesdays with Michael. Hi, Michael. How are you doing today, Loretta? I'm go- I'm I'm catching up. That's how I'm doing today. I'm doing fabulous, oh, but I'm yeah. just trying to catch up on some things. Well, that's good. I'm glad you were. We're back in the saddle again on today and looking forward to going forth with uh, the topic of faith, uh, something I really can't stop thinking about since we started. So it's, it's been helping me personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a refresher. I thought, wow, this, we look back and see some of the, as we talked about last week, some of the, what I call victories that you that you had. And you say, okay, that's, that's how that happened. And you can say, okay, now, I know I don't want to try to replicate that, but I just want to, you know, follow that same model of, you know, hearing. Uh, it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's what has a little more focus right now is having my ears uh, tuned in a, to a much higher frequency to see exactly what he wants uh, me to do in this time and this hour. That is so deep. And, you know, we ha- we were um... – well, I was getting some things on Twitter from some people who were listening and, of course, on face, on our Facebook page. And I'm telling you, just to, to have people involved, actively involved in the conversation as we were uncovering truth and nuggets about faith and what it is, some of the um, mechanics of it, and just, you know, it's just like the spirit was just downloading to you and to me and then um, particularly one of our listeners, Linda and Thomas, because when you said that um, what our limitations were in our mouth and then yeah. Linda came back and yeah, you said your only limitations in your mouth and people just really, really love that. And then Linda said that um, our destiny is voice activated, which led to you giving us the acrostics Right. Yeah. What do you have uh-huh. for destiny? And I kind of want us to start there because that's going to be very relatable to when we start talking about how to increase your faith. Yes. Well, that's uh, as you said last week, we gave the uh, acrostic for destiny, uh, D E S T I N Y, and it and. I learned this in, I think, uh, from a mentor of mine, uh, Minister Faye Lynch. She taught me this concept years ago of how to use acrostics to define words. And I've always challenged myself with, you know, trying to, to do that. And that's how I thought our destiny one day. And that's how, and sometimes it, sometimes it comes instantly and sometimes it takes a minute to piece it together. But the destiny came pretty quick and I want to get to the beginning and it simply says, you know, deliberate, effective steps toward an 
inevitably knew you. And that uh, that that defines what your destiny is. No, there no. Your your steps are deliberate, and they're also effective. You don't want to be wasting steps. And we talked about how you know the scripture that even confirms that you know the steps of a good man are ordered uh, by the Lord, and He delights in His way. So we don't want to mm-hmm. waste a lot of time and heading toward our destiny. Now you you can you know you can get off track. If you you know if you choose to, but and uh, and my study of God and His character, you know He doesn't make provisions for you getting off track. You know He He has a way to get you back on if you do. But uh, as I like to say, make no provisions for failure. Because uh, God doesn't make any provisions for failure. Um, you know, even even when Adam you know sinned in the garden, you know God didn't want Adam. To fall because he because he gave him a commandment that you know you can eat off all the trees of this garden except this one right here and eat and the day that you eat thereof you know you you will surely die you know and he knew mm-hmm. that because man had a, because man was created in this image and this likeness he had the propensity or the choice or the volition to obey that or not and of course Adam no chose not to and he disobeyed God and God had to make good on this promise so Adam began to die. Um, and not just a, a total physical death, an instant death at that time, but God eventually killed him out of the garden, you know, and yeah, uh-huh. and you no, know, the word death means separation. So he was he was separated from paradise. He was separated from the presence of God that he was enjoying daily uh, because of that disobedience. So uh, God wasn't making provisions for his failure. He was just giving him choices, and that's where we all uh, have as human beings because we're all created in, in his image. And your life as you see it today is uh, just the sum total of all the choices and decisions that you've made up until this very moment. So it's uh, I'm, I'm from a different mindset, you know, with the ministry that I do. Uh, God is conditioning me to, to think of and, and also teach it to, you know, the ones who, who listen to my teachings, is that you make no provisions for failure. You... You don't wake up feeling that you are entitled to a mistake or you're entitled to a bad day. And I know it's kind of hard for <laughs> some people to grasp the concept without me going in and developing it and using scripture. Uh, but God uh, God makes no provisions for failure. Um, but if we do, you know, there's forgiveness, there's repentance, that's there's, there's there to get us back on track and we'll hopefully start the journey all over again. Because if you are truly repentant or if you truly are uh, sorry toward God, then it's hard for you to go back to that thing again. And I'm and what we used to analogy weeks ago about, you know, you you did something to hurt your mom or your dad and you saw that look of hurt and despair in their face and you determined that I would never ever want to see my mother or my father look like that again. So you mm-hmm. determine in your in your mind that I'm not going to make that mistake again if I, I, because I don't want to disappoint my parents the way I saw I disappointed them. Well, God is the same way. That's what godly sorrow is all about, uh, making sure that when you get on track, you stay on track. Uh, exactly. So, so, so that's what I teach, and that's the vein that I come from. So you you have an understanding of my thought process. Um, And it's all about understanding, because that's what the Bible tells us. And all you're getting, 
Yeah. You know, make sure you get you know you get the knowledge and you get the wisdom, but get understanding so you know how to apply that wisdom in your everyday life. So that That's that right. is just critical. It's critical. You you don't want to leave that point out. So okay. So we kind of last week, like I said, it was explosive. It was so epic. It was. Wow. <laughs> it was definitely a wow. We, we gave them a big wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, just just the downloads, man, when you you know, you were talking about destiny and and because we all have you know, we all have a destiny and and it's all God-given, but then sometimes we we make a lot of choices and you talk about cho- the choices and how God doesn't make provisions for failure, but um we're going to talk about how to increase your faith today because that that's crucial to to getting to that next level because you hear a lot of people saying, and, you know, at this time of year, everybody's planning for the new year. You're just planning. You're in planning mode. You're in wishing mode. You're in I'm going to do something different mode. So um, I think this is a perfect time to really talk about how to increase your faith because usually when you're in planning mode for the, the next year, which, you know, I don't I do not do that anymore <laughs> because my, my years and my days are so continuous. Now, I do celebrate, you know, the first of the year, but my plans have already been established. I know what I'm supposed to be doing, and so I hit the ground running November, December when I think my new year starts. So, Michael, tell us, because like I said, you gotta have you got to have increased faith for if you really believe in God for some big things. Okay, well, before I do that, I, I want to kind of do a, just a – a basic review of, of four key points that I want the listeners to kind of take to heart today. Uh, of course, it's impossible for me and you know to try to go back and review all of what's been said and you know over the past five weeks, uh, you know of, of starting this program. But I, I want to uh, review four points on the subject of faith. And if you, are, you know take note of these, then we're going to build from there talking about how to increase that faith. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, point number one we made was that our faith should be in God and not just for things, uh, and that's supported by the scripture in uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 22, where it, it says, Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. I think, I think the literal translation of that means have the faith of God or have the faith that comes from or emanates uh, from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Our faith should rest in God, and of course, we gave synonyms for faith, which is you no know, trust and confidence and believing. You know, you you have to learn how to use those substitute words in place of faith, and that way can kind of help you understand what that topic is all about. Uh, secondly, we talked about faith hears, believes, speaks, and then it acts. And there are two support scriptures I want to give you for that, and that is Romans ten and ten. In Romans 10 and 17, uh, 10 17 says, so, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And then, of course, Romans 10 and 10 says, for so with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So there's, there's, your, there's your faith comes by hearing, uh, then you believe, then you speak, and, of course, finally, it doesn't all count for anything if you don't act upon it. And that goes to my third point. Believing should always prompt action. And I think that's one that kind of grabbed you the first time we talked about Loretta. It did. <laughs> I'm writing it down again. Believing should know. always prompt action. And the support scripture for that is James chapter 1, verse 22, which says, but be ye doers 
of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own self. So the Bible says that we're self-deceived if we just think we can just be hearers and be excited about what we're hearing and not doing it. So mm-hmm. so get out of that state of self-deception if you're just excited about the message on Sundays or Wednesdays or whatever uh, day you, you know, you know, you get a, your daily feeding, you know, from your from your pastor or some other ministry gift. Go beyond that and start doing the things that you are hearing. And then finally, point number four is Jesus only did and spoke what his father did and spoke. And, of course, he is our example. And one support scripture for that is John chapter 8, verse 38 and 47. 838 says, I speak that which I have seen with my father. And then verse 8 and 47 says, he that is of God heareth God's word. So if I say I'm of God or if if I I have the faith in God, then I have to be in a position where I hear God's word. Of course, in this context, he was talking to the Pharisees and making the comparison and telling them that, they were not of the Father because they didn't, they didn't hear what the Father was saying. So <laughs> Jesus only did what he saw his Father do, and he only said what he heard his he Father say directly mm-hmm. unto him. So we're going to jump off going forth into this on today, how to increase your faith. And that goal takes us all the way back to Mark chapter 11. So if you want to open your Bible, let's get started on today's lesson how to increase your faith. Mm-hmm. And I just I just like to use Jesus as my example when it comes to faith. I use Abraham in, in some instances, but I like to use Jesus as my example for faith. Okay. Um, okay, Mark chapter 11. I have a good jumping off point right here. And, of course, it starts when... Uh, go up to verse number verse number eleven, and it says Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple, and when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the evening was come, he went out to Bethany with the twelve, and of course he's talking about with the twelve disciples. So the so the disciples are with him, and it says on the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if perhaps he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, well, he, he, I mean, how, why did he answer? So he, he saw that it was necessary for him to say something concerning this fig tree not having any fruit of it. And, and for the proof we just talked about, Jesus only says what? What he hears the Father say. Mm-hmm. So Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee thereafter hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. Keep her make sure you keep uh uh remember that and the disciples heard that. And they came to Jerusalem and Jesus went to the temple and of course he went and cleaned everything out. Drop down to verse number um twenty. And said, when the evening was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, in the morning that they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Uh-huh. And Peter, calling to remembrance, 
He prays that Peter called to remember what the master said. He said, Behold, the fig tree which thou curses is withered away. And Jesus answering and said unto them, so here he's, he's answering, he's giving a response to what Peter just said. He says what? Have faith how? In God. Mm-hmm. So he said the only reason that that fig tree is, it's withered away is because I have faith in God. In other words, God told me to speak to that fig tree, and I did it. And and because of the results of me obeying, now you see the results of my obedience to say what God said unto me. So just just so, so all so just keep that in mind. You have to keep that in mind. And Jesus said, "For verily I say unto you, that whatsoever." That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, and of course the mountain here is an object lesson. They're, they're, in the, they're in the mountain, and he's used the mountain as an object lesson. He's not creating doctrine for it to go out and start speaking to mirror mountains and expect them to move. He says, uh-huh. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. So, and, and just to paraphrase, if the father tells you to speak to a, a literal mountain, Lorraine, have you ever seen a, a mountain before? Yes, I have. And you know how massive and huge <laughs> a mountain is. I mean, the first time <laughs> I saw one, that scripture you kind of just, wow, a, a mountain is literally huge. He said, yeah. you can have the faith to the degree that if that if you if God told you to speak to that mountain and tell it to be cast into the sea, and he said, but there are some there are some conditions to it. He said, and shall not doubt work in his heart. There he goes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Your heart is involved in the prophet. And he said, but shall believe. And like I said, we always do what? We always act on the things that we believe. But shall really? believe that those mm-hmm. things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Look at verse 24, and this is the activator because Jesus now put his stamp of approval on it. He says, therefore, I say unto you. So just, this is Jesus teaching his disciples. He said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, Believe that you what? Receive them, them and you should what? Have them. have them. And there's another condition. He says, and, because it's connecting this 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 uh, this phrase with the prior verse, and when you stand praying, forgive. So forgiveness is a part of us walking in faith as well. If you have ought against anything that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you, your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. In other words, if you can't forgive, you just pretty much so short circuit at your faith. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that, now, that is now. so deep, and I'm trying to wrap my arms around it because I, when you said mountains, and I know I've seen the mountains, I've been, you know, many times, even on ground and, you know, going in Gatlinburg, you see them in Smoky Mountains, yeah. and, and especially when you're flying. Um, <laughs> 
going to um, L.A., I see them. And it's expansive. It's it's so expansive that you almost cannot use words to describe how exactly how, how beautiful are. and majestic they are. Oh, so, my goodness, yeah. That's a whole so, other so, level of majestic. <laughs> so, 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 in other but, words, but, Jesus, so, so you got to think, so Jesus was obedient in speaking to the fig tree, but he said even if you're obedient in speaking to this mountain, that it would have to obey you if if you totally believe that your father told you to do this, and you're speaking to it, and you and not doubting in your heart that this mountain has to move. He said mm-hmm. that mountain is going to move, but you got to start with the fig tree first. <laughs> you got to start with the <laughs> with, you got to start with the small things first. That's 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 another implied lesson. Yeah, in this you, know, you got to start with the small things first. Small things first because it's. It's like if you're going to go weight lift, there's no way if you never lifted weights before, you're going to go and grab a 150-pound um, bar of weights. There's just no way you're going to no. be able to go grab it and lift it over your head. Now, you no. may be able to grab, you know, what, 20 pounds. <laughs> and I'm not talking oh, about yeah. people who have already lifted that 150-pound weight. And so that's the way it is with the comparison of the fig tree and the mountain um, being yes. moved by you, you, your voice activating that movement. So you got to, like you say, start small. I mean, you know, people don't like to start small. You know, most people want, you know, they don't want the three-bedroom home. They want the five-bedroom mansion. The, you know, they don't want 2,000 square feet anymore. They want the 10,000 square feet. So if you can't exactly. believe God for something small, then how in the world, do you, how can you manage that? And then even if you do believe it and you go claim it and name it and you walk around it seven times, but he said be faithful for a little thing, a few things first. Exactly. And then he'll give you the big things. Well, I can't I can't wait to give you guys the testimony on the on this on the on the building that we acquired. Because what you just said kind of ties in, kind of kind of ties into that. Because there was another building that I really wanted. Uh, and I, like you said, I went, I went up to it and I confessed it's mine, <laughs> and then walked around and laid hands on it. I've been there, done that And then going home one day, I see the for sale sign on the building that we're in, and God says, "Okay, I want you to call them." I'm like, "Call them for what?" You know, <laughs> you know, I already don't, I already don't claim what I wanted. I thought, I thought, "Oh man, I'm, I'm going to be obedient." Guess what? I obeyed God, and the rest is history. And and I'm going to give you all the details on it once God frees up to do it. Because right now, you, you can even handle it if I told you right now. You'll probably say that there is no way that what he's saying is true. So I'm I'm, I'm going to let, keep laying this foundation for faith, and then we're going to talk about it, hopefully, once we finish this, uh, this faith level. Hopefully, he'll free, uh, he'll free me to give it the, to it. Now that yeah. we've laid, now, now that we've added some more on top of this foundation of, you know, you know, faith, you know, you have to have faith in God or the faith that comes from God. And remember what I, we talked about earlier before we started, before we, before we started this, um, the, the one in John 8 and 47 said, he that is of God, heareth God's words. And that's in John 8, 47. So keep that in mind. If you are of God, it means that you came out of God, which means that you are born again or you are born from above then you are in a position where you can hear directly from God. Mm-hmm. And if you call God Father, that makes you what? 
that makes you what equal with God, and that's what the Pharisees had a problem with Jesus because they because he was calling God his Father, and they complained mm-hmm. that makes you equal with God, and you know we there was only one God that we worship, and it's definitely not you. So <laughs> so 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 he infuriates <laughs> these guys, but. Now go to Luke chapter 17. We're going to show you how to actually increase your faith. And it's almost in the same vein, uh, Luke 17. Mm-hmm. Luke 17. Uh, and we, uh, we, we're going to start with verse 3, Luke 17 and 3, and we're going to read down. Okay. And it says, take heed. I know we're from the King James. I just you know most people I have a King James, so we're going to start with that. It said, take okay. heed to yourself. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, he said, you shall forgive him. And just we just talked about what? In order for your faith to work, that you have to have forgiveness in operation. And, 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 and look what the apostles or the 12 disciples that were following him said, Lord, increase our faith. In other words, Lord, it, look, we got to have some faith. We got to hear from God on. We got to hear from God on, on, on how to literally forgive someone that that offends me seven times in one day, and he repents and he turns around and do it again. I have to forgive him that seven times in the day. So mm-hmm. he said, they said Lord, mm-hmm. Lord, 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 you got to increase our faith just even do this. And and so Jesus replies and says, and the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, there it goes, if he started small again, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, and of course we talked about that in prior weeks, about that grain of mustard seed being the, the smallest seed of all the herbs in the field, but when you plant it, it grows and becomes so large that it can provide housing for the birds as well. So we're not going to talk about mustard seed today. I'm just, I'm just reading. I just <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll get off on that. I'll keep asking you questions about that because you told us about the <laughs> characteristics of a mustard seed about exactly. three weeks ago, and it's still very yeah. relative to any conversation we have about faith. But I don't exactly. want to get stuck there. I want to encourage people to go back to the archives about three weeks ago. Mar, uh, Michael told us about the characteristics of a mustard seed, a mustard seed, and why it was probably used as an example. Of um, of, the size of, of, of how faith to needed. exactly you know how how to increase faith. Start small, mm-hmm. grows big. So it says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, not the size of a mustard seed, but as a grain of mustard seed, he said you might say. There it goes again. Faith always speaks. You say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea, and it should do what? Obey you. That's, that's how faith starts. So, so he's he's so he's now telling them how they should increase their faith, and then now he's going to give them just a good natural example of what he's talking about, starting in verse seven. He says, "Now, which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, would say to him, Biden, by when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet, or go sit down to eat?" And wouldn't I rather say unto him, make ready for which I may sup and gird thyself and serve me, till I have eaten and drunk it, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. In other words, he's saying now, now which of you having a servant or you or if you, if you are an, an employer, which of you having uh, an employee 
and and you've instructed that employee to do something to to do something. You are mm-hmm. if you, if you instruct that employee to do something, he said. Now, which of you gonna tell him to sit down, and you go do it? No, you. He's a servant. He's a, he's expected to do what you've asked him to do. He said, but which of you having a servant plowing the feed and cow with them to him by and by when he's come from the field? Go sit down to meet. And when I rather say unto him, make ready for her, I may eat. And then, then gird yourself up, put on your uniform and serve me. <laughs> Until I've eaten and drunk and after then you shall eat and drink. Look at verse 9. He said, does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? He says, I chose not. He said, I don't think so. So in other words, he said, he did he praise that servant because that servant did what was commanded of him? He said, I don't think so. Verse 10 yeah. is activator. He says, so likewise, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, like we talked about on last week, what's the last thing that you think you remember God telling you to do and have you done it? So so likewise, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded, you say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our, what, duty to do. Mm. Very powerful verse. In other words, don't think God going to pat you on the head just because you're obeying him. <laughs> he's not going to cry out from the mountaintop that, and tell people and have you out in life and everything just because you obeyed what he's told you to do. <laughs> he said, he, he said, he said, obedience is your duty. That's right. So, so in other words, don't expect your words to work for you if you are not allowing, if if you're not working for the words of the Lord. You get it. Right, yeah. So, so in other words, if you haven't obeyed the words of someone that's over you, <laughs> then don't expect your words to go out and do what you have just told your words to do. Mm. I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad you have to let it. You have to let it. You know, I got to let it. Okay, I got to let it marinate. Okay. Let it marinate for a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's. If I let, let, am let, not doing what God has told, told me, me to, to do. do, commanded me to do, which is obedience exactly. and forgiveness, I'm using these two because these are are critical to building everything um, exactly. spiritually. Obedience exactly. and um, and forgiveness and forgiveness. And forgive- those are those are two big ones. Okay, so if I can't do those two things, then how, even I'll, I'll break it down, I'll use the analogy of parenting. At some point, <laughs> then my children are gonna, aren't going to be obedient to what I'm telling them to do. And then uh, the forgiveness, if I'm not walking the walk and talking it, I'm, all they see me do is going to church and read my Bible, but then they don't see any fruit from that. So then when I tell them to do something like go to church or read their Bible, then it's hard to to convince them to do that if that's all they see me doing and they don't see any fruit from me doing those things. Well, that's that's so, that's, that's a that's a that's a good analogy, but let's, I, I, I want to use that same analogy. 
Okay, say you have told your son, okay, when I, by the time I get home, I want you to have taken out the garbage and uh, cleaned up the kitchen and, sw- and swept the driveway. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you get home, the garbage is not taken out, he's not cleaned the kitchen, and he's not swept the driveway. And now he's coming and asking you to do something for him. Okay. Okay, Mama, I want you to take me up here to, you know, to the mall. I want to meet some friends. You're going to be like, look, how in the world can you... How in the world can you ask me to do something when you haven't obeyed what I've told you to do? See what it is? You know, when, and, you know, you're not going to, and, or, or let's take it a step further. Say, say you, you, you come home and you, and he's done those, his chores and he's obeyed that. Okay, he, let's say now he's chosen that he is going to obey. He's, he's washed the dishes, he's taken out the trash, and he's swept the driveway. Mm-hmm. And then and then you come home and you sit down and you, you enjoy yourself, you're watching TV, and he comes in all along face. And you say, okay, what's wrong with you? And he said, well, I, I, I washed the dishes and uh, cleaned the, uh, and uh, swept the driveway and took the garbage out like you told me, and, and you didn't come in and praise me for doing that. <laughs> you're going to be like, boy, she's crazy. That's what you're supposed to do. That's, that's, that's your duty <laughs> is to obey me. Yeah. So and and, and there's okay. nothing wrong with praising your 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 kids for their accomplishments, but 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 we shouldn't go above and beyond praising kids for their accomplishments when it's their duty to do things. You you reward things when they go above and beyond what they were instructed to do. Right. Okay. Like he like he like he's he's he swept the driveway. He washed the dishes, he took out the trash, and then you got in and he vacuumed the whole house and he washed all the windows. And then he did some other things. And, they, and, and, and cut the grass. Oh, and yeah, he went out, above okay. and beyond what I had asked okay. him to do. So, of course, then I'm going to reward now, him and I'm going to praise him and I'm going to tell everybody how awesome my sons are because I asked them to do this exactly. and they did, they did more. So okay, I get it. So that's how our father works. That's how exactly. He works. There is there is there is now what we call profit, and profit is 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 is, is anything beyond obligation. In other words, if I if I purchase a, a good for twenty dollars, and if I sell it for twenty dollars, then I have what they call broke even. There is, there is no profit. There is no praise. Or there is no reward in that for me as a businessman. But if I buy something for twenty and if I sell it for forty, now I have made twenty. Now, now there's there is now what they call profit. I have done, gone beyond the duty of just constantly breaking even, and now able to do some other things. That's why in verse ten it says, "So likewise, when you shall have done all those things <laughs> which I commanded you." So once you have done all the things that you are commanded, you say you you're supposed to say what? We are unprofitable servants. In other words, we're not worthy of your praise in this situation. Why? Because we have done that which was our duty to do. That's how you increase your faith. Whoa. Is by constantly 
constantly doing what God has instructed you to do and not always turning around and looking for somebody to praise you because you're obedient. And that's why people give up sometimes. Well, I'm not going to do this, and I'm exactly. not going to go to church, and I'm not going to sing in the choir. I'm not going to be an usher today because exactly. what they needed or wanted for, you know, they weren't doing it as unto the Lord. They were doing it because they needed somebody to say, exactly. hey, girl, yeah, you're so yeah. awesome. Exactly. Thank you so much. Exactly. We appreciate you. But there's no exactly. need for praise because you, you signed up to do that. You gave your word that this is what you were going to do. Exactly. Now, 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 there is a time where, where, where they will receive their reward for their obedience, but now is the time not for that. Uh, with that in mind, let's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you another example. Go to uh, Romans, no, go to Matthew chapter 8. Maybe this will Matthew help chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. We're going to look at verse 10. Very very familiar story. Matthew 8, I need to get him myself here. <laughs> yeah, and my computer. Okay, now, now, now back up to verse 5. And it said that when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers who are under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed. He's talking about he sent it to his, his disciples and all those and, and the crowd to follow. Verily or surely I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in, in Israel. So, and and when I, for years ago when I first read it, I said, how in the world does that equate to faith? Well, <laughs> a key phrase in this is is it's in in verse nine says, "For well, I'm a man under authority." In other words, I'm under authority. That means that I'm doing what my superiors are asking me to do. You get it? Uh huh. So so oh. I, I have someone that's I have someone that's over me instructing me what I should do, and now I have soldiers that are under me. And I say to one of them, go and he go into another, come and he come in, and to my servant, do this, and he do with it. So why are his soldiers under him doing that? Because he's a man under authority himself. Jesus equated that to faith. Because you, because you got to think, evidently, this, this was a Roman centurion. I mean, they was out about in the marketplace and pretty much keeping order there. In, in in Israel and and because Israel Israel was under Roman occupation at that time, so you got to think this soldier has been seeing Jesus. That man, everything every time that man speaks to something, it happens. <laughs> and he said, evidently, you got to be a man under authority because everything that you say do it happens. 
He said, that's why you don't have to come under my roof. He said, just speak the word only, because I know you're a man under authority, and I'm, and, and the only reason I know you're a man under authority because because your words are doing exactly what you tell your words to do. He understood right. the concept of faith. And so, even more so, I mean, you know, some people needed, they couldn't just believe that Jesus could speak it and it could be done. They needed for him to go do something that they can understand. Like they need him to physically go to the place, yes. lay hands on him, create some, yes. you know, pick up some dirt, spit on They needed to yeah. see him do something. So that's another level of faith when this centurion said, oh, you got to, you don't even have to go because I'm not even worthy of you going. But if you, you would just way. speak it, Lord, now that's speak. a whole exactly. other level of faith. And exactly. And then that's why Jesus called it great faith because this, yeah. Yeah. This Roman centurion understood the power of submission and authority, and that's why even in in the church, as the local church and also the, the universal body of Christ, is is rarely seen and and completely demonstrated that that I that what I'm accomplishing here is because I'm obedient to God. And because I'm obedient to God, when I speak something, my words have to obey me. And and, mm-hmm. and remember, and remember the words that I speak, I don't speak them on my own accord. I only speak what God does what? Tell exactly. me. Exactly. Well, you heard him say. And and God and says that he. Saying is not a, a, an audible um, physical voice. It is what in his word what he's spoken in your spirit, and what you have read that he has said. So that is, oh, that's just deep. <laughs> so, 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 and, and, and it really doesn't have to be deep. We, we just have to understand that, that, that when we speak a word, we, we have to believe that what we are saying has come to pass as we were back in Mark 11. And, and the only reason we can believe what we say has come is coming to pass is because we first of all heard my father speaking to me and I'm just reiterating what he has spoken in me. And not only that, I'm not going to short circuit how that's going to work because I'm going to also walk in this forgiveness. Because me walking in because if because if if I don't walk in forgiveness then my father heavenly father has to have the right to forgive me of my trespasses. So, so all of this goes together in increasing your faith, increasing your obedience. So remember, so go back to Luke 17, and we're going to read verse 10 again. Okay. You back there? And I'm going to uh, read I'm trying it. trying to get there. You can go ahead. <laughs> So verse 10 says, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it from the Bible in basic English, and that, that, that version of the Bible actually uses 700 uh, words, English words to translate the entire Bible and uses 300 other English words uh, to, to fill in to make the, the meaning more understandable. So there's 1,000 English words total in this version of the Bible. It's called the Bible in basic English. And it says mm-hmm. in the same way, when you have done all the things which are given you to do, say, there is no profit in us, for we have only done what we were ordered to do. 
So what we talked about in the earlier weeks that when I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, I have now positioned myself to do the things that he instructs me to do. That's what makes him Lord. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so in, in, in order for my words to operate for me, I have to make sure that I'm operating under somebody else's words. Are you getting it? Who is greater than you? Who is greater than I am. So, so that lets me know that I am, because I'm under the authority of the Lordship of Jesus, then now my words are now under my authority, and they have to operate for me. Why? Because I'm doing everything that God instructs me to do. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, when I speak my words, I expect my words to do what I just, when I speak to that sycamine tree, as to say, up in a, to be plucked up by the roots and cast in the sea, I expect that sycamine tree to be plucked up by the roots and cast into the sea. Why? Because I have just obeyed what God told me to do. Now I expect for my word to obey what I just instructed that thing to do. I am operating in... You're speaking his words, not Michael's words. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking God's words, which now gives me the authority to now speak out of my own, out of my own heart, out of my own belly, those words, the way I the way I understand those words, and the thing that I'm speaking to has to obey me. Mm. Why? Because I why? Because I have just obeyed my superior, which is Jesus, mm. and Jesus' superior is the Father. But if I were to put wow. it in its, in its proper order now, um, I'm obeying what the Holy Spirit tells me to do because He's the God in the earth today. And the Holy Spirit, as we talked about in earlier weeks, doesn't speak of himself. He speaks what Jesus says to say. And then Jesus doesn't speak of his own accord. He speaks what the Father has instructed him to say. But therefore, when I'm obeying the Holy Spirit, in essence, I'm obeying the Father, just like in this country. Our president is the, is the, is the, is the commander-in-chief of the entire military. Well, you got to think when when his command comes down for you know for war, you know we we have four branches you know of the military that that pretty much you know jumps into action when they need to, and, mm-hmm. and when and, and and when that secretary of the army, navy, air force, marines give their command to their generals, and their generals give it to their commanders, and their commanders give it down to their troops. They're in essence doing what? Obeying what the commanding chief has instructed them to do. Because the military is a prize, a good example of submission and authority. Because consequences come to you not obeying an order. <laughs> so there's so there's no exactly. work to pay on. So so there's no work to pay on, uh, you know, to obey. Because if not, there are consequences come to them, like you know, you know, being you know, being thrown in jail or receiving what they call a, a court martial. Well, by the same token, when when the Holy Spirit speaks something for me to to say to a certain thing, then I I know to obey it. Why? Because I know ultimately this command has come from the Father, and because I am obeying, my words now have to the thing that I am now speaking has to obey me. Why? Because I'm a man under authority, and I just told it to be plucked up by the roots 
and cast into the sea. And if it doesn't do it, that means that either I'm in disobedience or I'm or I'm in the flesh. I just made I, I spoke something my own accord, and if it doesn't happen, then guess what? That means I didn't hear from God, and that's and that's where that's where that's how faith grows, and that's why I say He He starts mm-hmm. you out with those small things, like okay, Lord, which way should I go to work this morning? He said, Well, you know, so I don't want you to go uh, your normal route. I want you to go this route today, and then you <laughs> obey that, and you. And you and, and you obey that and you do that and you get to work in here and somebody come in twenty minutes late. Girl, what you doing late? Well, there was a there was an accident on the route that you normally took. And see, because you obeyed God, you were, you avoided being stuck in traffic for thirty five, forty minutes. And and what I'm talking about are things that I are, are actually examples that that I practice. Okay, God, God, I don't want you to go this way. I don't want you to go this way. So I obeyed that little small thing. Mhm. And then mm-hmm. you can now now begin to trust me with with greater commands that that not just only affect me, because because me obeying that command about going to work only affects me getting to work on time. Now he can trust you with the commandments that now affects other people's lives. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Again, marinate time. <laughs> so how do you, well, when you obey, when it's just you, then he can trust you with more for the kingdom. Exactly. Is what I'm hearing exactly. you say. Exactly. It's, you know, he that is what, faithful and what? Little will eventually become what? Ruler. <laughs> over, over much. So, when I'm a ruler, that means I got now people under me that have to obey the things that I say. And the only way I can get to that point is because I obey when it only just affected me. Let me say it again. Okay, faith over a little becomes yeah, little ruler thing. over much? Yes, yeah, that's, that's what the scripture says. Let me find that. Ooh. Let me find that right quick. Yeah, find that. Because I am putting that as one of your quotes today. Wow. Okay. Y'all got to give this one. Oh, my goodness. Let this marinate while he is finding the, um, you know, like you say every season. We don't give you stuff that Brett and Michael said. When we quote a scripture, we're going to always tell you where we're coming from with the scripture. So oh, here it is. It's in, uh, it's, 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 it's in Matthew 25. It's one of the okay. verses I use when I teach finance classes, but it's, it's, it's apropos for right now. Very apropos. Okay, uh, Matthew here it 25. is. Matthew 25. And, of course, this, this is the parable of the talent. Mm-hmm. Faith over little becomes ruler over. So, so in other words, when, 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 when these servants got their command, it was, they were only responsible for the amount of money that, that their master had given them, they was responsible for for no no other money but the but the one uh, the five the two and the one, mm-hmm. and the ones that were faithful with five, 
double it, made it ten, and one that had two double it, and one had one hit his in in the earth. So now let's let's look and see what happened when he said to the one that that hid his out of fear. He said, and look at verse twenty six. He says, Lord the answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slow preserving, thou knewest that thou weep where I have sold not and gather where I have not strawed. There are all this therefore I to put my money to this changers, then in my coming should have received mine own or in to my own money with usury or with interest. He says, Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which has what? Ten talents. So the one that was five made it ten, so the one who had the one that didn't do anything with his, he said, take that one from him, and now give it to the one who has ten, and the one who has ten now has what? Eleven. Eleven. He said, for unto everyone that hath shall be given and shall have abundance, but from him that shall, but from him that had not shall be taken away even that which he had. Wow. So you got to be faithful. <laughs> Over a little, in order to be ruler over much. Over much. Let's find another one. Oh my goodness, I'm loving that one. I'm, I'm really loving that one because then, you know, and then people say, "Don't, don't be, um, don't oh, feel bad about small it. beginnings." And okay, they, that's yeah, so yeah. that's biblical. That's not a corporate thing that some huge CEO thought of. That's biblical. Okay, here it is. Let's let look at verse, back up to verse 22. He said, He also that have received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides him. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. all about you being a, a steward over the commandments of God. And there's a scripture, I think, in First uh, Corinthians 4, 1, that moreover it is required in stewards that they be found faithful. And it's just not with money. It's, it's over what he's entrusted to your, exactly. to your stewardship or, or to your management. So if, so if, if, if you can take that, that, if you can manage that $10,000 a year, he's, that you've been making flipping burgers for the past two years, he can now trust you with the with the thirty thousand dollars now now acting as shift supervisor over those same people. Why? Because you have now been faithful to do just the the minor task of helping that restaurant to become profitable. Mm. So so oh in order I mean for, time is just going so so fast. So, so, so in order for your faith to grow and increase, then you have to have this attitude of obedience to everything that God tells you to do. And as I said, we we grow from from faith. He said the righteousness of God is revealed from what faith to faith, because it is written that the just shall live by what faith. Always in this uh-huh. attitude of looking to do exactly what my father has instructed me to do. That is what mm. growing in faith is all about. Uh, it's nothing mystical or magical about it. We just have to know what God has told us to do. And remember in Luke 17, it says, when you have done all, <laughs> all <laughs> that's inclusive, 
all this inclusion of everything and the exclusion of nothing. That's a, that's a long definition for a short word. Okay, give, oh my goodness, give me that again, Michael. All, all is, is the inclusion of everything and the exclusion of nothing. That's 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 all. Oh that's goodness. all things. So when so, I'm I'm gonna put this to you again and at you when you asked the question last week. You know why isn't my faith working? Why I'm not seeing the results of my faith? Well, think about the last thing that God instructed you to do. I like and like I said that you know in your knower. <laughs> that God instructed you to do, <laughs> then do that thing, and then he'll give you something else to do. And then when you do it, say, oh, Lord, thank you for reminding me of that. And and, and don't even listen to praise in a while, because you've only done what, the, what was your duty to do. There's no profit in that. There's no profit in that for you. Exactly. Because what? It is my duty to obey God. It's not. It's not. You know, we we shouldn't always have banner and ticker tape parades when we dare to step out and obey God. No, God is not pleased with that. God <laughs> said you living it. God said if God said if if you are living this lifestyle of faith, constant lifestyle of faith, that's what pleases me. Not just not just one act. Anybody can do one act. You know, uh, Abraham obeyed the first act of just walking away from uh, his family and going to a land that he knew nothing about. And then he had a child in his old age and in the deadness of his wife's womb. And then the child that he labored so long and hard to get, God said, now I want you to sacrifice him to me. See, <laughs> see how progressive see how progressive that was? And then when he did that, he said, God said, now I know that Abraham will command not just his family, but also the families that are coming behind him. So, be faithful with the small things, and God can trust you with more. That's that's all I'm saying. Is it's not rocket science. You just have to obey that small thing and find that small thing that you and and, and practice it. You know, practice those little small things and hearing what what God instructs you to do, and you will begin to see those results. And there's nothing like seeing some results of some things that God promised to you come to pass. Man, there's no greater joy. And actually seeing and experiencing and be looking forward to the next the next thing that's coming up the pike. So if you all if you guys can understand, you probably have to get the uh, get the archive and listen to it. I'm definitely I myself have to get the archive because even that last part that you just said, be faithful with the small thing, and what you said about the large thing, and and he'll and he'll make you ruler over. Many things, like said, he's he's not going to he's not going to like Abraham. I get example when Abraham left his family, that only affected Abraham, Abraham and 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 uh, and and his bride. That's that's the only person that that affected. But the promise that he made to him later, when he said, "I'll make your father many nations," he said, "Now your obedience in this command is going to affect generations to come, nations to come." See how it, how it, see how it was progressive. Be faithful with your life, and then he can now trust you with the lives of other people. Just like Jesus, he said, because, because for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. And because of that, 
He said, everything in heaven and in earth is going to bow and confess with their own mouth that Jesus is Lord. Why? Because he sacrificed himself. And because he sacrificed himself, he gave them all of he gave them all of mankind and gave them all authority in heaven and in earth because of his obedience. And the Bible says that he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. So it's not going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be real tough on the flesh. <laughs> you, you're going to suffer in the flesh. Most of the time, Michael, most of the time, I would say. You're going to suffer in the flesh. But but, but just, just think about the reward that's coming at the end. Now there is profit when you complete the done with God. Everything that God is, when, when, when you get to the end of that whole thing, and he look at you and, and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Now you are receiving your reward. Anything other than that mm-hmm. is, stri- is, is strictly by his grace that he allows us to attain in the earth. It's strictly by God's grace. Okay. So I, I know, Let me kind of I know there's a lot to absorb. Okay. And, and, you know, so yeah, we, we may have to kind of absorb. And I'm so glad that I kind of padded the time so he's not going to cut us off right now okay. because I've learned to pass the time because I didn't want to be cut off. Like we have many okay, days these days when okay. it was getting really, really good and I needed more. So <laughs> this next overflow of time is strictly a selfish thing that I pray will be a blessing <laughs> to so many other folk. And I really believe that it will. So it's not totally selfish, but I need I need a little more. Because what I was hearing when you were saying all that, this is something that I just heard. Um, that obedience in small things activates the faith for bigger things. And that was like my rev- my revelation for today. So when I asked that question about, you know, when God's telling you something and, and, and you said, it, well, it's, if it's just for you and it's not going to bless the whole kingdom, then, you know, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was a little more Loretta than a, than a lot of God. So it's all about obedience, and you even, you know, broke it down several notches when you talked about uh, going a different, when you hear the small voice of the Lord in your spirit say, Michael, go a different route to work today. And I even take it further that sometimes when you're caught in traffic and you're just so anxious and you're just like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'm going to be late, you don't know what God's protecting you from because he's always, 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 always protecting us from things that we will never, ever, ever, ever know no. until you get some kind of mystical power and you, you're in heaven and you can look back. But I don't think in, in heaven you want to ever look back on anything. So you'll never know what all he's protecting you from. Oh, no. So it is just so critical, especially as it relates to our faith on talk and increasing faith, that you become very obedient. And when you are caught in traffic or you have to stand in a long line Count it joy, as, as James says in First Chapter of oh, James, yeah. about when these things happen. Because you never know what he's protecting you from or what a delay can possibly save your life. Or That's at right. least it can protect you from an accident or getting caught up somewhere that something is happening that you shouldn't be in. So don't be all anxious when you have to stand in a line or when you, you're delayed. Don't, don't, don't exactly. be anxious anymore. And, and you're exactly right, because sometimes God's delay is your salvation. Your your mm-hmm. prayer, we talk about what salvation means. It means protection. It means uh, preservation. It means soundness. It means prosperity. Because some, 
sometimes we want to launch out into things too quickly. Uh, like that, especially when we know we haven't heard from God. And sometimes God said, no, we know something. I got to, you know, this is a gift of grace that they're really going to need. <laughs> but I'm not going to have to throw it out there and create this robot, this roadblock, you know, to stop them from going off of this cliff. So so sometimes those encumbrances is the grace of God. So that's, so that's why we should be so quick to always ascribe things to the devil. When we don't understand, mm, oh what's yeah, going on. you know, sometimes it's, it's God is orchestrating things on our behalf to slow us down and see that it's God's grace as His gift for you to not be to, to to not be destroyed so quickly. So it's a lot. It it is so much. It, God God is so inexhaustible. It, it's just so much that I know. That we can talk about. I mean, we, we could talk every day for a thousand years, and we wouldn't cover every single thing that no. could be covered no. about Him no. and His grace and mercy. No. Not at all. Okay, let me tell well, you about this, Michael. Like I said, I've had it the time, but i, I got to share this because I want to make sure that it is biblically correct because I don't know what was going on uh, with me, but a couple of days ago, maybe even a few days ago, I heard, I heard this in my in my um, spirit, but I didn't post it and I didn't share it because I wasn't sure if it was biblically sound or if it was just a message for me. Um, okay. But it was don't... Um, don't speak evil against evil, because when I was studying um, the Word of God um, through my daily study, um, it was saying that, and, and that's what I got from it, don't speak evil against evil. You're supposed to speak God's Word. You know, sometimes how you want to um, call the devil all these names, and you want to yeah. attribute some things that happen <laughs> to to evil works or whatever. We're never supposed to speak evil as as believers. We're always supposed to put God's word on that thing. So when I got that, I'm like, Lord, I don't know if people are going to understand it without me having to explain it. So I didn't post it. So I don't know if I wasn't being obedient or if it was too much Lorettaism into that, trying to, you know, explore and down, you know, dial it down enough for other people. But tell me, how do you feel about that? Because I really believe that that was just a, a spiritual download for me. Don't speak evil against evil. We're to speak God's word again. Well, that's that, that's actually a, a you. There's a supporting scripture with that found over in the in the, in the book of Jude. Um, I think it's around somewhere that like the eighth verse that that talks about that. It said, uh, "Yes, here it is in, in verse nine. Uh, well, look at verse eight. That likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities or or, or, or dignitaries." Um, it says, yet Michael the archangel, for contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of M- Moses. He said, yes. dare not bring against him a real accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. But these speak even of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally is brute beasts and those things, they corrupt themselves. So, mm. so in other words, sometimes... Sometimes we don't know what, that's what I was saying, sometimes we don't know what we are contending with. That's why you don't be so evil, don't mean, I'm sorry, don't be so quick, you know, to and you know to invoke the name of the devil. You know, that's, you know, that's almost boring on, on blasphemy when, uh, when God is doing something and you ascribe it, <laughs> and you ascribe it to the devil. So, so be, don't be quick to speak evil. Concerning things, right? When exactly when you exactly, I mean not exactly, but especially when you don't know 
or understand what's going on. It just say, Lord, I just you know, and like even when when uh, when uh, when Michael went to 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 get the body of Moses uh, to bury it, went about to find it. Of course, the devil confronted him about that, and he said, not even Michael at that time didn't bring a relevant accusation, but he just said, the Lord, no, the Lord, the, the Lord rebuke, rebuke you. You know, he could have, he could have, no, no, cursed him out probably or whatever like he was straight-handed at that time. He said, but, you know, and, and, and in this whole context in the book of Jude, of course, he's just talking about false, you know, false teachers and uh, false prophets and people who are coming in that are, that, you know, just pretty much just ungodly people um, bringing these destructive doctrines and practices, you know, in, you know, into the church. Right. Um, he said, no, don't even get to the point where you even bring, you know, accusation against them. You pretty much just say, okay, I'll tell you what, you know, you know the, Lord, the Lord rebuke you. At some point, I'll understand, you know, what's going on. But, you know, you don't necessarily have to speak evil of anything. Because the Bible tells right. us that, because, because the Bible tell tells us that you know when you uh, you know love those who do what who hate you bless uh-huh. those who curse you uh, you know they'll pray for those who despitefully use you and speak all manner of evil against you so 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 there is really never an occasion for you to speak evil of anything or any situation. Unless God specifically tells you to do so, and then probably in most cases He will not tell you to do so. Because remember, we're, exactly. we're practicing He has a word for it. He he already like he's already he already knows all of this is happening. We have talked about this in the show too. Um, yes. That these these are no surprises. God already knew this was going to happen. He already yes. knew you know what your response is going to be. So He has given you provision for everything. Everything yes, that you go through, there there's a word for it. Well, well, Lord, I'm, I want to use a, like I like Jesus my example. Like when Jesus was about to be crucified, and he's before these dignitaries, and they're talking about all these accusations against him. And uh, he said, "No, are you the King of the Jews?" And now Jesus could have, at that time, just just lashed into him. He said, "That is what you say." <laughs> no, it is. It is that what you say? I am. And then he just said, look, you know, he didn't speak evil. He said, I, I'm, I come down off this cross, and I'm going to call all these angels, and they're going to come down, and they're just going to burn this whole city up. No, he, 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 he stayed on course. He stayed on course with with the joy that was set before him and went on and endured that cross. He had the power not to even go to the cross, but there was a commandment that he had to do so from his father. Right. And he was rewarded right. for that and going through all of that, know those accusations and that evil have been spit upon and beaten and then like I said eventually crucified. So like I said, let Jesus be your example. You know, you know, he's I I out yeah. of power right now to you know call for you know legions of angels, you know, to come down <laughs> and arrest me you know, what I want to do. But I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, like because he was always reminded. I I just love love the show, and it is like Bible study to the hundredth degree because it's interactive and um, we can you know I'm not 
I'm not talking against anybody's Bible study because I just believe if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, God called you to do, then Bible study yes. works for those who go. Exactly. But I'm exactly. just saying that this is so interactive and this is so where you can ask, ask those questions and, and you're not being rushed and uh, revelation is imparted to us because of, you know, God and his sovereignty and his grace because he knows that our hearts, just want people to to know him more and to um, learn how to enjoy this life that we have on this side of heaven as well as keeping our eye on heaven and wanting to be there. It's funny how we want to be in heaven, but we don't want to die, you know. So you got to learn how to enjoy where you are, blossom where you're planted, and and just trust totally, totally, totally in God. And Lorraine McNair Live presents Jesus, what Michael has been so revolutionary for me um, spiritually, and I pray that um, it has been that for thousands and thousands of others. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I am beyond fool right now. <laughs> I'm about to go back and I'm about to go back and listen to it myself because it's it's wow. It was you no know, a lot went on. Uh, what's this stuff yeah. on the day? So relative to that, increasing, you know, how to increase your faith, and I know, you know, and I and I recommend that to my listeners, you know, to go back and and just listen to it again, especially if if that's your heart cry. You know, I I just want to grow, you know, in in my faith, and and I want to mm-hmm. know how to do it and and do it in a way when it happens, I know how to do it again. So, so that's 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 always been my my heart's cry, my heart's prayer, my heart's desire. Yet to see the people of God just constantly increasing, growing, and being that light to the world that He has ordained the church to be. Exactly. And with that so, said, I'm just going to just give it all to you. We what we'll do we'll definitely start with the recap of how to increase your faith on next Tuesday uh, if it's God's will for us to do that if He is not giving you a message or or in my spirit of something to move forward to but I think we could at least use some more next week's time to recap how to increase your faith and what I've gotten out of how to increase it is just to be thankful and faithful over the small things. Be, yes. be very faithful over that. Um, learn how to manage that and to be very consistent in being faithful over, over the small things. And then they grow. They they grow, you know, and then as they grow, your faith grows. And there's one of those things, which comes first, the chicken or the eggs. Does your faith increase for, for things, larger things, or does the larger things come, and then you got to have faith to be able to manage those things. So that's another question I'll put out to Michael on uh, next Tuesday. <laughs> and, of course, keep sending your questions in to us on Facebook and Twitter and text messages and all that stuff in um, hopes that we can get those answers for you the next time that uh, we're allowed to be here on the Red McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer, our spiritual personal coach. And any closing remarks, Michael, you wanted to make? Because I know you have um, really um, trailblazed today on, on our topics and um, bagging everything up with scripture. So, and like I said, I got I got to listen to this show again myself. I know, just uh, you know, be doers of the word, and I just hear it only. That with that saying, you know, we can, you know, we can, we can, we can wrap it up with with just that phrase right there. Definitely. So when you hear a word, and if you have not been actively pursuing it, like forgiveness, I heard a word um, on forgiveness, and I knew in my heart that I had um, was a grudge holder on, uh, uh, as it relates to this one incident that happened with a person, and I just 
you know, I sent a text and said, you know what, I've, I've gotten over it and I want to just ask you to forgive me for being a grudge holder because as a Christian I'm not supposed to be a grudge holder, but I was. And he's like, well, I'd already forgiven you and I pray that you uh, forgive me because it was my, not my intent to offend you or hurt your feelings. So when you hear a message, it's usually for you and some area that you should, you know, you may be a little weak in or maybe something you're doing really good that you need to extend it. So just be a doer and not just a reader and a hearer of the word. And that's a great point to um, take off on, Michael. So, Michael Farmer, thank you so much for your time and your um, biblical scholar experience and knowledge and wisdom for sharing with us. And thank you all so much for listening to Loretta McNary Live presents Jesus with Michael. And we, if it's the Lord's will, will be back here next Tuesday at 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time with more on how to increase your faith and see where the conversation goes and hopefully you will be better than you were, more excited, um, feel um, like you're really connected to the Lord. Something will happen while you, during your listening to the show because we don't want to just be a talking head just for the sake of talking. We want you to be changed and changed for the better. Until next time, everybody, we'll see you. Enjoy your day. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.